Nine Gold Thriller at Norwich leaves Klopp needing new specs. Diego Costa causes trouble as Chelsea leave Wenger feeling the blues. Super Sub strikes for Southampton as Charlie Austin gets off the mark. Remember where you heard it first. Delhi Delight for Spurs with Ali scoring a goal of the year contender. And Leicester outfox the chasing pack and move clear at the top of the table. I'm Dove. I'm Nostradamus. And this is the side netting. Alright, back after another pulsating week of Premier League football. Um, goals galore, a lot to get through. Um, so if this is your first time listening to us, every week we find something of the weird and obscure that happened and we turn it into our question of the week. And this week after the epic nine-goal thriller at um, Carrow Road, Carrow, pretty sure it's Carrow Road, anyway, at Norwich, <laughs> um, Jurgen Klopp had his... Um, his glasses broken in the um, goal celebrations of Lalana, and um, then said that he does have a second pair of glasses, but it's hard to find glasses without glasses. <laughs> uh, so it got me thinking, have you ever like broken anything before? And is there something that you would hate to break? Uh, yes. And, a double double ended question <laughs> i say this every single time i get a new one yeah but my iphone oh your iphone yeah. you have gone I, through I, a lot I, of phones i actually don't even have an iphone anymore because they're broken <laughs> um but yeah every iphone i get i'm like i'm not gonna i'm gonna take such good care of it and yeah. then i smash the screen you do you always yeah. like drop it or something straight yeah. away the, the last one i i dropped from like a foot yeah. Not even that high, and because yeah. I was on the toilet, I'll be honest. And, <laughs> tinker, and, stinker. <laughs> yeah, and it um it smashed, and I'm like, damn it. Uh, what about you, Lucy didn't drop it in the toilet. Yeah, could have been worse. Could have been worse. Uh, oh, I remember um a few years ago, my PlayStation Three broke. I was pretty annoyed about that at the time. Uh, I was going really good in my um in my career mode in FIFA. <laughs> um, I ended up getting a new, just. Coincidentally, they released like the second gen version of the PlayStation oh, Three yeah. like the next week, so I ended up just getting a, a new one. Did you? Could you save your uh, progress? Uh, yeah, I think because I I just yeah re logged in and stuff like that, and it, it picked up where I left off. So yeah, oh, <laughs> crisis averted. Ah. Uh, it's like the early iCloud. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as like not wanting to break stuff, I, you know what? I wouldn't want to break a passport, especially if you're traveling. Then you'd be stuck. Don't know if you could really break a passport. Maybe lose a passport. Could lose it, yeah. Could lose it, because um, then you'd end up in like jail and trying to tell people, "No, I'm actually <laughs> from this country." <laughs> anyway, that, that's all I got. But um, moving on from that, let's get straight into match of the week: um, Norwich four, Liverpool five. Just quickly before we get into match of the week, I just wanted to have a mention that uh, I was listening to the Manchester United podcast. Oh yeah, and. Um, Apparently, uh, Louis van Gaal had his uh, daughter's or his niece's birthday, and apparently jokes are going around that <laughs> he had a pass the parcel going around, and no one was willing to unwrap it. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Anyway, on to match of the week. I thought you were going to say, like, Louis van Gaal just told everyone just to keep passing it. Yeah. <laughs> no one was allowed to unwrap it, just keep passing. <laughs> I think that was my point, but I didn't oh. get there. <laughs> Woo, over my head. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, let, let's get into it. Match of the week. Uh, yeah, ha- has to be the nine-goal game. Norwich <laughs> Please, please don't nominate Eva Cleverly Award. <laughs> <laughs> nominate myself. I didn't get the joke. Uh, Norwich for Liverpool five. Like, we, oh my God, so many talking points from this game. It yeah, was, what a like, blinder. Absolute roller coaster. Pardon the pun. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll get to Jurgen Klopp's glasses yeah. in a sec. But uh, yeah, just, just crazy. Like... Uh, similar to our match of the week last week, we had like two goals in injury time. Yeah. Uh, and it was just an absolute bizarre game. Like, uh, it was Stephen Naismith made his debut for Norwich after moving from Everton during the week. Yep. And it was just super impressive right from the get go. Um, scored a goal, won a penalty, I think created another, was probably man of the match. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just a really impressive game also from Firmino um, for Liverpool, who was playing that sort of lone striker role yeah um super impressive his second goal was oh class yeah it was class and um it was good composure as well yeah because often you see like the ball get away from the striker in that situation or they put it over the crossbar yeah (laughs) um yeah he just had the the skill and the patience just to sort of knock it in and um yeah, but real bizarre game. Like there was that many lead changes, and yeah. just when you thought like you'd worked out the game and how it was going to go, then it, it just completely flipped on its head. Yeah, because normally if Liverpool was leading, for example, and um, they've just scored, they kind of relax. But, yeah, um, Liverpool, you know, scored and kept going. Yeah, but so did Norwich. Yeah, and um, I think props to them for not giving up. Yeah. Um, I it was despite the score, the match kind of was a draw because mm. they were just both outstanding. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's it almost seems a shame that one of these teams had to lose. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I I mean, looking at it, Norwich will be absolutely kicking themselves that they let you know a two goal lead slip, and then worse when they got back into the game right at the end that yeah. they let that slip too because um, they sort of had the game on their terms for probably, I'd say, you know, 60% of that game. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they suffered the early goal, but then they managed to, to get... <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> they managed to, you know, claw their way back into the game and then take a lead. And, you know, they were helped by, you know, some. it was just shocking defending from both sides. Yeah. I think there was something like um, only 12 shots on goal for the whole game and there was nine goals. Yeah. So it just, it sort of says exactly what you need to know about Mignolet and Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> and the defences of both teams, really. Well, I was actually thinking that uh, Mignolet's five-year deal will turn into a five-month deal. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, good good way to celebrate, yeah, coming off a five, five-year yeah. deal, isn't it, by letting four goals past you. Yeah. But, um, I've got job security now. And so <laughs> yeah, I'm... he's like, oh, well, I'm fine for at least probably two years. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, we've seen, like, Liverpool's Achilles heel this season has been their failure at set pieces. They, I think they um, lead the numbers for conceding from set pieces. And I think the first goal that Norwich got came from a set piece where they just couldn't clear the second ball. Like they managed to, you know, get a header on the first ball to, and it was just, just pinging around the box and end up in the net. And yeah. you just see it so often from Liverpool and you just wonder, you know, are they really working on that at training or... Is it just that when push comes to shove, they sort of just get in a panic mode and yeah. probably also shows they don't probably trust Mignolet as much because you see the top keepers like, you know, De Gea and, and Czech, keepers like that, you know, dominate that area. Like defenders know our keeper's yeah. got this. Like they're, yeah. they're quite happy knowing that he's going to come over the top and punch it. But I don't know. I think 
you know, this has sort of set into their their work ethic and they just panic way too much. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just, you know, this – we talk about how there was nine games, but it was also highlighted by so many dumb mistakes. Yeah. Um, the goal that got Norwich 3-1 up came from a, um, Albert's – Albert Moreno penalty kick yeah. where he took down Stephen Naismith and he had two goes – Attacking Mason, <laughs> yeah. the the first one where he sort of slid in and took his legs out, and bizarrely that wasn't paid a penalty, yeah. which I think Moreno was expecting. And so what's he do? He gets up and then just cl- clutters into the back of Stephen Mason. Yeah. If if anything, I thought the second one wasn't deserving of a penalty, but I think it's because he was he went at it once and went at it again yeah. straight away. So I think the ref. Um, it's almost like he thought, oh, I got away with that. Yeah, I'll go this, and I think Naismith sort of knew, oh, well, I'll wait for the, the contact. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't super dangerous or anything like that, that second yeah. tackle, but Naismith was smart enough to, once he felt that contact, yeah, go down. And, yeah, Moreno was silly for going right into the back of him anyway. Yeah. Well, for Naismith to do that, it's it's not uncommon no. for any player to, yeah, you know, yeah. you're inside the box. Yeah. That's how Hazard works. <laughs> I wish he could win a penalty <laughs> this season. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then, you know, the, the goal that got Liverpool ahead came from, I think it was Russell Martin making the back pass to his keeper from the halfway line, Yeah, but it was a no look back pass. And he, he was almost on like the sideline, like he was that far out putting the goal, like putting that ball across his whole half and well done to, I think it was James Milner who read the play to run onto it. But that's just, it's suicide, like not looking and passing back like that, like that's, it's such amateur yeah. play that, you know, they'll... And why would you... What, yeah, why would you do that so far away from the keeper? Yeah, I, I get it if you're, like, on the edge of the 18-yard box. Yeah. But, yeah, it just... It was suicide because, yeah, it was just... A, he had his back towards goal yeah. and didn't even look before he passed it back. Though. And, and it wasn't like... He wasn't under a lot of pressure at the no, time. No, he wasn't. He had time to sort of stop, like, re- have a look and actually go forward with the ball. Yeah. Um, or if he felt under pressure, he's right next to the sideline. Just put the ball out. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's what you always say, when in doubt, when put in it doubt, out. Kick it out. But, uh, yeah. The, it's, the, it was just a terribly weighted pass as well. Yeah, it was. Like, it wasn't enough on it. I, I, I wonder if um, he actually stole Klopp's glasses and couldn't see <laughs> where he was playing. Maybe he like, had the wrong contacts in yeah. or something. But it's, it's not the first time uh, Martin's made mistakes like that this season. I think Alex Neal in his post-match press conference like highlighted that, that you know they're past the stage of wanting apologies from the players for these, these mistakes. They yeah. just can't happen anymore. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, they, they've only got themselves to blame for, you know, for being in this position. But... Um, Basong's goal, yeah, to level it up in injury time. It was a fantastic hit, yeah. wasn't it? It's a perfect, a perfect shot to do. Yeah, because Mignolet was he couldn't see that. No, no, and no, it I was, don't think anyone could. There see was that, that much traffic in the box. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know that combined with an actual like perler of a hit yeah. on target, and yeah, ended up and you're thinking, oh, this is this is fantastic. And at the time, um, staying with me that weekend was. Um, a friend of ours, Paul, who is a big Liverpool fan, and he was like screaming, like he was like trying to muffle his sounds because, like, 
like my wife was asleep his girlfriend was asleep as well in the spare room and he was like screaming into the pillow like how frustrated he was and i mentioned it to him just before i said you know norwich are going to get a goal here at injury time just you watch yeah and when they did he was angry i was wetting myself laughing on the couch because it was just so entertaining and then you know lalana steps up yeah cool as a cucumber and just side foots it into the net like what was it 95th minute i think it was yeah um, which is a bit ironic because when um, the fourth official put five minutes up, Jurgen Klopp cracked the absolute shits. He was screaming at the at the fourth official saying, where have you got five, yeah. five minutes from? And, you know, that said, there was probably like four or five goals in the second half plus all the substitutions. So yeah. you can sort of see where the five minutes came. Yeah. And then he was even more angry when Basong scored. In the what was a ninety second minute, but he seemed to almost let that go when uh yeah Lalana scored and yeah we saw Klopp and pretty much the whole Liverpool bench running down the sideline and yeah it almost seems to be like a weekly thing where you Klopp just runs down the sideline <laughs> celebrating doesn't it? But um I must admit as you know I I don't care really if Liverpool win or lose but I do enjoy seeing the managers get involved like that yeah. it um sort of adds a bit of bit of character like you don't see that type of emotion yeah. Shows think, they're passionate about the team that they're managing. Well, yeah, yeah well, I mean, you know, managers make their money on game day. Like, what they do dictates how a game is played. And if you're playing and you've got a manager like that on the sideline just willing you on, like, you know, almost, you know, kicking every ball with you, mm. and then on, like, the polar opposite, let's use Louis van Gaal, for instance, yeah. he doesn't leave his seat. No, we could score and he won't even smile. <laughs> he's, he just, I think what he's different where they do he'll do all of his preparation during the week with the team. Like they'll go through every yeah. single scenario. Bang, this is what you do if you hit the lead. This is what you do if you're conceding. This yeah. is what we do at this time of the game. And then he just lets it go on game day and yeah. gives all the responsibility to the players. But, you know, it's I think it's good to have a manager on the sideline. And, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, players need to kick up the backside from the manager and, and screaming at him, so... Yeah. Um, I reckon I've seen Louvain go get up once, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Probably to tell Ryan Giggs to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I do see Giggsy up there quite a bit. Yeah. He's actually interested in... in yeah. I think he would get frustrated because he can't he make is any... united. De- yeah. He can't make any decisions. Yeah. So exactly. he knows what's wrong, but he can't do anything. Um... So, yeah, that was pretty much it for the, the match of the week. Uh, yeah, fa- fantastic game. And, um, yeah, I, I just also wanted to touch on quickly the transfer window comes to a close next week. I think it's on February the 2nd, I think it closes. Um, a few things floating around at the moment. We're getting towards a bit of the, the panic stations now in the transfer window. We haven't seen too much happen, but... Um, Overnight, uh, the Brazilian, um, Pato, who used to play for AC Milan, currently playing in Brazil, has sealed a loan move to Chelsea with the option to buy. Yep. So that's good for Chelsea because I think Falco is still on the books, but he just seems to be injured all the time. Yeah. And I think also um, they're looking to get rid of Remy, like Remy. So okay. I don't think they'll let Remy go until they had a suitable replacement. Yep. Um, apparently Chelsea have been looking to send Falco back to Monaco, but Monaco are not taking him yeah, back. Yeah, there's a reason why he left. Yeah. 
Uh, which, yeah, don't blame Monaco at all. No. So um, I still feel bad for the guy, though. Uh, it's yeah. Just not, every, ever since he came into the um, ever since Premier he, League. Ever just... since he did his knee, like that season leading into the World Cup, yeah. it's just completely killed all of his confidence. So yeah, um, we saw overnight um, side netting legend um, Emmanuel Adebayor sealed um, a free transfer move to Crystal Palace. Yes. Which is good for both because he didn't have a club <laughs> and Crystal Palace need a striker. So yeah. um, he hasn't played for eight months, though. So how do you think he'll go sort of... He, he pretty much almost goes straight into their, their starting eleven because they haven't scored now for... Well, they haven't scored a goal on their own <laughs> yeah. for like six games now. Um, well, most of the... New transfers have been doing pretty well. True. So I wonder if the trend could continue. Although he hasn't been playing and the rest have. Yeah. Because Charlie Austin was at least in the championship. Yeah. And there's a difference between between, um, being fit and match fit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like you can do as many kilometers on the treadmill in the gym and do weights as you like, but it's nothing compared to playing like an actual game (laughs) with match conditions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's going to be quite interesting. Also like the weather at the moment in the UK is very cold, very wet, snowing. Yeah. I think Emmanuel Adebayo has probably been somewhere where it's very sunny by a pool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, do you think he'd been training at all? Anywhere? Uh, Look, he's probably had a personal trainer. Yeah. And he probably has been working hard, like wanting to get another crack at getting back into like getting to a, a Premier League team. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure he has been keeping himself Cause he's, at a good... <laughs> like, if he hasn't been doing anything, his muscles, you know, yeah. just cut straight back to Premier League, they'd be shot. Well, I'm sure, like, um, Palace would have done their due diligence with someone like Adebayo, probably put him through quite rigorous yeah. um, medical. So, um, anyway, good to see him back in. And apparently he has a very good record in scoring in his debut games. Okay. And their team's winning. So um, that'll be something to look out for in the next game. So maybe they just have to bring him in, sell him, bring him so, in, yeah. sell him. And then every debut he'll have a, a one a game goal. contract. Yeah. <laughs> every week like there's him holding up the shirt again. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um yeah, um Andros Townsend sealed um his move from um Spurs to Newcastle for twelve million, which was quite surprising because Townsend has been frozen out of the Spurs um eleven since he had a pretty much a bust up with um, Pochettino's assistant coach yeah. when he refused to run laps after a game just to get some fitness in. And he's practically been playing in the under-21s league all season. Yeah. And yet Spurs still managed to get $12 million for him, which just shows how good they are, how yeah. good Dan Levy is when it comes to the transfer window. Like We know how frugal Spurs can be in the transfer window. They don't sell for a dollar less than yeah. what they're looking for, and they usually buy... On the cheap as well, so um, I think they'll be very happy with with that um, twelve million. And um, yeah, uh, another one. Ramirez left Chelsea overnight for the big leagues of China, which is a bit of a surprise because he'd only just signed a five year deal back in October. Yeah. So um, it's a massive money move for him. He's prat- I think he's getting like over two hundred thousand a week clear. Yeah after tax moving to China and I think Chelsea get probably I think around 35 million pounds for him yeah and considering they paid I think 15 or 20 for him about six years ago I, I think all the parties 
agreed to that. And yeah, yeah. Since Hiddink has come back, I think Ramirez has only really featured once, and that was off the bench. So maybe he sort of thought, well, I'm at a good stage of my. I've won everything I could have. You know yeah. I mean, he's won every trophy he could have. Yeah. Um, yeah, go get a big payday. But it seems a little bit strange because it's not like he's in his 30s. He's, you know, mid to late 20s. Yeah. So a little bit of a interesting one there. But um, I see. <laughs> I want to hear you pronounce his name. Oh, Puppy. <laughs> Puppy <laughs> Jibodji. <laughs> Jibodji. Um, he... Played, I think it was 53 seconds for Chelsea this season. He was um, a deadline deal um, transfer. Panic buy? Or? A panic buy by Chelsea, um, by their transfer guy, not Jose. Jose had no idea who this bloke was. And I think it showed by Jose only playing for 53 seconds in, I think it was a Capital One yeah. um, Cup game. That was about it. I think he passed the ball twice. <laughs> And that, that's all we saw from him. So, um, yeah, he moved on to, funnily enough, my German side, Werder Bremen. Um, he played the full game on the weekend for Werder Bremen, and they had a, a massive win on the weekend too. So, oh, really? Yeah, uh, so that's a bit of a surprise. And um, a, another one that's sort of being worked out at the moment is Sunderland want to buy, um, is it Andre Ayew from Swansea? Yeah. Andre. Uh, Swansea's striker, um, which is really surprising because... Do you think Swansea are going to sell another player to another relegation candidate? Because they got rid of John Joe Shelby to Newcastle, yeah, who were in a similar position to them. I don't think they can afford to let AU go, even if Sunderland offer $100 million yeah. bucks, They can't really afford for him to go because they need his goals. Yeah, he's, I was going to say he's the main scorer. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd be surprised. Yeah. But... I don't know. I just it has me confused as to what they're trying to do. Yeah, because do they have a backup player? They're gonna well, not really. They've in? got like... Gomes, who's you know fallen out of favour. You know that also coincidentally the fact he hasn't scored for yeah for quite a while. Um, so it's not like they really. I think I think Swansea actually signed a a striker from the Italian league overnight. I can't yeah. remember what his name was. So they have brought someone in, but bit of a risk getting rid of a proven goal scorer when you're in a relegation dogfight and replacing him with an unknown quantity. Mm. Um, also, you don't know how um, Swansea are going to go. Now that they've got a new manager, we've seen them. They won this weekend at Everton and they won the week before as well. Yeah. So I think, yeah, Swansea will be doing everything to, I think they'll probably turn off the fax machine, <laughs> make sure that the deal doesn't come through. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the last one on my list is... Um, a Brazilian named Alex Tejera. Um, he plays it for Shakhtar Donetsk in um, the Ukraine. And Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, you know, they, they're very, uh, they play frequently in the Champions League every season. And what they do is they buy players from Brazil for really cheap. Yeah. And then they sell them for like a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's where William came from. Chelsea bought William from Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, they sold a player last year called Douglas Costa. He went to Bayern Munich and he's probably one of their players of the season. Yeah. And now the next one that they're trying to make money off is this Alex Tejera. And he had spoken out a few months ago saying that he really wanted to move to Chelsea. And I think Chelsea and Donetsk were in negotiations about getting that deal done. 
but it seemed to have broke down about a week or two ago, and now Liverpool have come in. Yeah. Um, Shakhtar Donetsk are not budging from their forty-two million pound evaluation. Yeah. Um, they're determined. That's what it's going to cost to, for them to get rid of him. And uh, yeah, I think Tahera is really anxiously hoping that either Chelsea or Liverpool. Yeah. Um, from the sounds of it, he really wants to go to Liverpool. Yeah. Um, don't Who, blame him. <laughs> do, you know, do you know who he would suit? Um, Not I, necessarily who he wants to go to, but who I think player he, like that would suit. I think he would probably... Oh, look, I'd love to have him because he's one of those players that can play up front or sort of in that sort of line just behind the striker. Yeah. So he would interchange well. And the fact that Chelsea have about 40 Brazilians anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but... Uh, you know, I think he would probably fit really well at Liverpool because he'd probably work well with Firmino. Yeah. You could almost play the two of them up front and, you know, they could, one could play up front, one could drop back. Um, but it'd be interesting because this time last year, this player, Douglas Costa, was practically begging Chelsea to sign him. He said he wanted, he wanted to come to Chelsea. Chelsea ended up dragging their feet and getting Juan Cadrado from bloody Syria, who was an absolute flop. Yeah when they could have had Douglas Costa and, yeah, paid the price for that with him now playing really good in Germany. So, Did Chelsea really want another Costa? Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> they would have had two D Costas. Yeah. But if Te- if Alex Tejera goes to Liverpool, Liverpool will have two Tejeras because oh, really? they've, they're that, that, um, they've had that many injuries. They've had, like, some of their, um, like, under-18s, like, on the bench, yeah. and one of their under-18s is Tejera. Ah. <laughs> so uh, they're sort of... Joking that, you know, what's better than having one Tahera? Two Tahera. <laughs> um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens. But um, have you heard anything about Man United sort of trying to get anyone in? Uh, nah, again, it's pretty much just Mane. Yeah. I'm still hearing, but I'm, I think I that's highly, gone dead now. Yeah, yeah. I, I highly doubt um, that United will get anyone. Yeah. If anything, they'll get rid of Louis van Gaal. <laughs> no, I, I don't think. They will get rid of them until it's mathematically impossible. They can't win the league. Well, because I was thinking that if they were going to get rid of him, they'd do it after the transfer window. Yeah. Only because whoever comes in is not going to just make a panic buy. Yeah. And then just buy someone because they think they have to to put their stamp on the team or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, I I reckon once a transfer window is closed, uh. We'd be looking at another manager. Yeah, well, that's what I reckon. Probably, I mean, the fact that they haven't really done much this window also shows the long-term view of what they have of Van Hal. Like, uh, okay, well, you spend a lot of money in the yeah, exactly preseason window. Woodward is probably going. I don't trust yeah, you with this money. <laughs> uh, let's just hold our horses, see how the season yeah. goes. Because then suddenly, if you get in a new manager who wants to bring in all the new players, yeah. what, you're going to spend another half a billion dollars turning over that side again, which you had only done like 12 months beforehand? Yeah. They're essentially using their wild card again for nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so anyway, that, that's sort of what's going on. And um, moving on to one of my favorite segments of the show, the um, Cleverly Award. Did you see anything? I absolutely didn't. <laughs> I swear, I'll look out for it once. once I swear. You probably see somebody, just doesn't register. Yeah. Anyway, I had uh, yeah Alberto Moreno from Liverpool for my Cleverly Award for not once but twice kicking Stephen Naismith in the box and, and <laughs> yeah. earning that penalty. You mean in the 18-yard box? Yeah. 
<laughs> I got that. I was a bit slow. But oh. I got it. Uh, so yeah, I think that was a worthy nominee for the Cleverly Award because it was just so stupid. Yeah, uh, either that or the back pass from Martin. Yeah, yeah, Martin? yeah, yeah, Russell Martin. Yeah, that that, that definitely. There's contenders everywhere in that game, really. Yeah. Let's let's be honest. So um, but anyway, getting into your favorite segment of the show, <sighs> fantasy football corner. I I was so depressed after this weekend in fantasy football. I I'm almost at like the point where I'm ready just to completely give up. Or I'm thinking now what I'm going to do. Every decision, I'm just going to toss a coin. Okay. Because I think there's no point thinking about it anymore. Yeah. Because I spent an hour on Saturday analyzing, crunching. I was like, <laughs> you know, I talked about it. I was like Russell Crowe, beautiful mind. I was like, you know, drawing stuff on the window. Yeah. I was uh, looking at fixed years. I was looking at prices. Like, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I made a few trades and... I was going to use my bench boost, and because we're out for my birthday, when I walked in the door, the deadline had just ticked over, and I just missed out on using my (laughs) bench boost. I was so angry, because on my bench, I had, I think it was like 24 points on my bench this round. Ouch. Ouch. What's worse is, if I had not done a single thing to my team, I would have been so much better off. Yeah. Because I had Deli Alley, who I ended up putting onto my bench. And I had Fraser, uh, what's his name, Fraser Foster from um, Southampton, the Southampton keeper. I ended up dropping him back to my bench, <laughs> and yeah, that pretty much killed me. And I was extremely angry. You have, uh, you have too many options. I, that, that's my problem. Yeah. I, my my, I, I have a squad, and I just can't seem to nail my starting eleven right every week. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're like an episode of the league where they just have exactly. to tinker with something. Yeah, I at the moment I'm a tinkerer. I'm yeah. so bad. I actually made two transfers, which I don't usually. I only like. There's been a few weeks where I haven't even made a transfer, so they've bulked up. Yeah, and then usually I just make a transfer a week, so I have two up up my sleeve the following week. Yeah, if that makes sense. And um, yeah, I ended up I took out Jamie Vardy because I'd seen he'd only scored like one goal in his last eight games. Yeah. And I bought him Lukaku. He's gone for the opposite record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, well, I scored in 11 games in a row. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, so I, I know I'm pouring my heart out. I'm just so angry. Um, yeah, so Vardy I replaced with Lukaku, who Don't I worry, made captain as well. Your tears hit me from above on the ladder, <laughs> so that's all right. Um, and I think to make the Lukaku trade work, I had to get rid of a defender. I got rid of um, Scott Dan from Crystal Palace. And bought in Charlie Daniels from Bournemouth. Just a he's he plays and he's cheap yeah. and he takes penalties. Um, neither of those trades worked for me this week. They yeah. actually worked against me. And yeah, I had a look through it. I've had Deli Alley now in my squad for six weeks. Twice I've benched him. Twice he has scored. So that's it's so disheartening. You know what you need to do. You need to you need to bench him and then. Before the deadline, unbench him. So maybe I do. You know, it's got time to to actually work for you. And and that's why I was going to use my bench piece because I I thought this was probably the hardest round to choose a starting eleven. Yeah. And I just I wasn't a hundred percent sure with my eleven. And I, I was talking to you earlier that night yeah. at, at my party saying I'm going to use my bench boost. And I just I completely forgot, lost track of the time. <laughs> and when I went to do it, I was frozen out. And yeah, I I just. Just pay the price. Yeah. Uh, how, do you, how did you go? I've, uh, I've been whinging for like <laughs> 40 minutes, so. I can edit it down. Anyway. <laughs> um, I got 51 points. Oh, sorry, 52 points this yeah, you week. Did, you did pretty good. Um, I 
Considering the average was, I think, like 41 or 42. Yeah. I can't complain, but, you know, I, I have the sa- similar players to everyone above me. Yeah. So it's not like I'm going to catch up anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just hoping that I do okay each week. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not I'm not too bummed about uh, about it. But when the um, transfer deadline closes or the, the window closes, I'm going to use my wild card. Okay, just to wait and see if there's any like last minute big players that come into the league that you can use. Or... Yeah. Okay, that's so... probably a smart decision. And um, I um, player of the week by the way for round twenty three was um, Firmino from Liverpool. So yeah, eighteen points for him because he had the the two goals and one assist. Um, <laughs> no clean sheet sheet points. Yeah. For um Liverpool, but yeah, did get the bonus points and um, yeah, I was wondering um we. This morning we had the Capital One Cup semi-finals, and we saw Aguero score his third double in oh. three games. But also, right towards the end of the game, Kevin De Bruyne got stretched off with a very serious knee injury. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he sort of he went to make a tackle, but his leg got caught underneath him and almost like folded in half. Uh, so he was in a in a world of pain, and I think they'll find out the results of the scans overnight yeah so i mean we don't we don't have any premier league fixtures for like a week and a half yeah because of the fa cup so it's going to be interesting to see a if a lot of people start to use their wild cards to fit aguero into their side because six goals in three games yeah um like he has that many shots a goal and that was this is two weeks in a row for the premier league where aguero um could have scored but didn't so the first week he ch- chose to pass it yeah. to David Silva yeah and this week um brilliant shot but it hit the crossbar yeah he could have um, had like three or four yeah in in both in both rounds uh, yeah uh, we've talked we talked last week he's like thirteen point three million yeah uh, so it's um a bit of a risk to take and yeah you need to use your wild card to get him in because you've got to get rid of like two or three yeah. players um also with City um, David Silva. He's fit. He's a bit of a cheaper option than Kevin De Bruyne. So my thinking is, oh, do I, if the De Bruyne injury is bad, do I swap him with David Silva almost a like for like? Because Silva and Aguero link up so well. They're probably yeah. like the best like midfielder striker combination in the league on their day. Um, they can just tear defenders apart. Um, yeah, and a slightly cheaper option um, than Aguero. Um, it probably gets involved in a few more goals than um, Yaya Toure as well. Yeah. So if you wanted to stay with that that Manchester City link. So, um, yeah, going to be very interesting because I'm, I'm highly suspecting that Aguero is going to be the most transferring player yeah. over the next week. And I, I reckon we're going to see a, a record amount of wild cards used as well. Yeah. So I'll be checking the numbers. <laughs> well, speaking of wild cards, um, has something changed with the rule that, you can use on that wild card now. Yeah, we we talked about this on Saturday night. I didn't realize that you get two wild cards a season, but only you can only use one in the first half of the season and another one in the second half. Where it used to be that you had one to use any time, and the other one was straight after the January transfer window. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I didn't realize that. Hmm. Um, I was a bit surprised, but I guess it makes sense. You get one every eighteen games. Yeah. <laughs> So um, you can use it whenever you want now. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm not sure that if you 
don't use it in the yeah, first. Yeah, you don't get two. I, wild I don't think cards. you get two wild yeah. cards. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting because there's we're seeing uh, this. Uh, well, sorry, let me start again. We're we're seeing the same faces pop up at the moment, getting points. We're seeing um, a phobie at, at Bournemouth. He's scored in two of his three games he's played. Yeah, Aguero scoring. Diego Costa is in probably the form of his season. Yeah. Very similar to how he was last season. I I'm think. just jotting all these names down. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another option too, because you know someone follow, like yourself who's looking to make ground on the people above you. Yeah, you need consistent goal scorers, but you need people that other players don't yeah, exactly have. Exactly right. So you know, rather than spending 13.3 million on Aguero, yeah. there's a cheaper option, Diego Costa, because he's he's guaranteed Chelsea's starting. Yeah, um, striker and in very good form as well. He's Scoring nearly every game under Goose Hitting. Yeah. So there's another option there for you. And um, yeah. All right. So that brings us on to the the week that was. The week that was. Starting with Crystal Palace 1, Tottenham 3. This, if it wasn't for the Norwich Liverpool game, this was probably going to be my <laughs> my game of the week. Um, yeah. It was a really entertaining game. Um, scoreline a little bit deceiving. Like you see this and you think, oh, Spurs comfortable win it was anything but um yeah um Vertonghen scoring an unfortunate own goal for for Crystal Palace and and ending there it was a, apparently to the minute it was eight hours and one minute goal drought that they'd had <laughs> um so that that finally came to an end but um yeah the game will go down as um the Delhi Alley wonder strike <laughs> um game where he sort of like with his back to goal chips it turns Hits it and then volleys it in into the net all in in yeah. one play, which was um you know a lot of people saying it's goal of the year, but I, I personally don't think it's goal of the year. It's definitely top ten worthy. Yeah, but I think we've probably seen some better ones this season. Are you trying to think of? I'm one? I'm trying to think because I know the Wayne Rooney goal. Yep. Uh, where he knocked it behind him. Uh, that was good. One reason why I think it could be goal of the year at least so far. Because he wasn't looking either. Yeah, true. He knocked it. He knocked it, and then it went around, and then because he didn't even touch the ground either. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was pretty good, good effort. Um, yeah, no, no doubting the the kid has skill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, look, yeah, fantastic goal, and uh, yeah, he also I think he set up another goal as well. So he sort of highlighted all of his talent. Yeah, in the one game, and um. Yeah, yeah, but Nasser Shadley. Yeah, is he new? No, he's he's been with Spurs for a couple of seasons yeah. now. He's been for, injured this season, has so he, he hasn't. Okay. Yeah, he hasn't featured that as much as he's probably probably liked to. Yeah, because I was just thinking with the transfers, I just haven't heard his name for a while. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he pops up. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, um, he's yeah he's one of the thirty-seven Belgians that Spurs yeah. seem to have on. On their books, but talking about their Belgians, um, Vertonghen went off with um, a serious knee ligament injury, and they reckon he'll be out for the foreseeable future. So massive dent for Spurs' title hopes because yeah. he's played every minute um, this season and, and part of the best defense in the yeah. league with um, what's his name, Toby Alderweireld. So that's it, a it, big it, loss. It looks like he just got hit in the face. Yeah, and then it, and then it, he's holding it was his in the, knee. It was almost it was in the same play. Yeah, Connor Wickham probably should have got red carded. Yeah, for that because he knew what he was doing by 
you know, turning around and whacking Vertonghen in the head. But I think in that same play, he, um, yeah, twisted his knee. So, yeah, um, yeah, not not too good for, for the Belgian. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Spurs will be sweating on those results and hoping he can get back pretty quick because, yeah, they're, they're neck deep in a title yeah. challenge. Yeah. Um, and he's absolutely vital um, for that. But um, Yedinak almost getting on the scoreboard. Yeah, he nearly... Decent um, shot. Yeah, decent shot. He nearly equalised the game at that stage too because I think at that stage they were two goals one. Um, so you're very unlucky. But, um, yeah, he he sort of looked really slow. Like I think it was the... You know, it was pretty evident that he's lost lost the speed in his legs yeah. in this game because there was a few times where they sort of had to chase Spurs and Spurs are such a young and fast team yeah. that, yeah, Jedinak was sort of chasing shadows at one point. He was almost trying to, like, grab the shirt of yeah. Deli Ali at one stage <laughs> just to sort of um, get him. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, great, great win for Spurs, though. And, yeah, you know, Palace need to really arrest that form slump because they're... They were sitting fifth, you know, not too long ago. It was only probably a month and a half ago, and now they're like twelfth, yeah, in the table. Um, but anyway, Leicester three, Stoke nil. Started off as a tough match. Yeah, it did. Yeah, didn't it? Um, yeah, but Leicester just rediscovering that early season form where they yeah. were just banging goals for fun, weren't they? Yeah. Um, Jamie Vardy was back with a a goal, and yeah, we also saw you know the high the regular highlights package from. Um, <laughs> Rehad Mahrez, yeah. where uh, he had that one play where he does the Elastico, where you know you sort of he flicks it one way, yeah, it, yeah, and then he nutmegged the bloke yeah. at the same time. Uh, absolutely crazy, crazy techers, and uh, yeah, one of their their fan favourites from last season, Ujoa, yes, um, getting on the end of super a super sub, yeah, super sub, getting on the end of a misplaced uh, Mahrez strike towards the end of the game and getting that ball in the net, and it, it's strange, um, yeah. Leicester now are three points top of the table. And yeah. their last month hasn't been anything stellar. Yeah. Yet they're still there. They're on top. And even though the goals have dried up with Mares and Vardy these last almost six weeks, other players have stepped up. Yeah. Like, yeah, we saw Danny Drinkwater score and he's sort of chipped in with a few goals yeah. during the season. Even that was a power shot too. Oh, fantastic. I mean, it gets a deflection, but he keeps it low and on target. Yeah. And, you know, the rest is... Is there. Um, and, yeah, another player like Okazaki, one of their strikers that they brought in, has, has stepped up these last few weeks where he's sort of got yep. quite a few goals. And and I think that's who um, Ujoa replaced. Yeah, yeah, right? he came yeah. on for Okazaki. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just it just shows that they're, they're doing well. And um, talk that Leicester are trying to get Loic Remy from Chelsea. Okay. Which is a bit strange because it would almost upset their dynamics that they'd have because... Honestly, Loic Remy doesn't deserve to, you know, replace Vardy in the yeah. starting lineup or Okazaki. Yeah. This might be one of the occasions where a new player c- comes in and has to fight for his position. Yeah, and you know, it might also disrupt the team harmony that that Leicester have. Yeah. It's almost like everyone knows their roles now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it, you know, but do they try and get someone now because you know they have a realistic chance of yeah. you know I think. Top four finish is there for theirs to lose. Yeah. And it's just a question of if they have the composure to actually win the league. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Remy's a hell of a backup at least. Yeah, he is. So, um, he's been a, a great backup at Chelsea, but he also comes with a lot of injury concerns. Yeah. Um, it's probably been the one thing that's, 
works against him most of the time that yeah. when he's actually needed, like a lot of the times this season for Chelsea, when Chelsea have actually needed him, he hasn't been available yeah. because of his injuries, which is a bit frustrating when you're pra- practically a backup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, there's one thing I never noticed about Vardy. What's that? Um, you know the cast that he wears? He's still got it. Yeah. Yeah. He tapes it. Ah. I, I thought it was just a blue cast. Ah, but like at the end of the game, just his wrist. yeah, just like any any tape thing, he just rips it off. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. No, it might it might like players have sort of like certain things they do all yeah. the time, and he's probably just maybe because he it's... always has his his wrist taped. It's yeah. probably just a pre-match thing that he just does now and... out of habit than anything else. Yeah, it might not even be a cast. It might just be a wrap that he's just taping. Yeah, over I think the it's top. just probably just a, a wrap. You know, yeah, he might have at one stage had a cast yeah. and like a wristband. Now he's just got tape. Yeah. Maybe he just needs something just for the sake of it. Yeah. Um uh, but yeah, so yeah, great performance from um from Leicester there and I think Stoke Stoke were really disappointing because they've been quite good away from home this season. Yeah. And but it also might have been they probably had an eye on their League Cup semi final during the week against Liverpool. So Yeah. They they were probably thinking ahead to that. But um Well it's not a good time when you take Shakiri off. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. And Anatovic didn't play either, yeah. so um, anyway, Man United nil, Southampton won. Yes, Sunderland won, Bournemouth won. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I just, I can't even talk about United. Just... Uh, the booze, the oh, booze at man. the end of the game, the amount of abuse yeah, that Van Gaal was getting. I'm... I saw some of the um, the crowd, yeah. like it pans, the camera pans yeah. over him as yeah. he's walking, they're like pointing at him and booing. And, and... and it's not like other grounds where at the end of the game, the players and staff can just sort of, walk straight down the tunnel they've got to walk to like the opposite corner yeah. of the pitch to to get out and yeah the um i think louis van hal probably knew exactly what the crowd thought yeah and the I, I couldn't believe the stats when i saw it 13 games now in a row at old trafford and only one goal has been scored at halftime and that wasn't even by united <laughs> It's it's bizarre, isn't it? It's ridiculous. It's yeah, it's so you, you don't think when you think of United, you think of last minute goals, you know, end to end football, and that's just completely wiped out. Where it's now, it's almost like it's their second nature now to yeah. play like this. And you know what's the stupid thing? We're still fifth. Yeah, <laughs> how the hell is that happening in this bizarre season? Exactly, uh, but you. This, you're starting to United starting to lose pace with that top four. So uh, now I think it's a five point gap yeah. to, to that spot. And also you they've got West Ham breathing right, right on their neck. Yeah. And and other teams as well starting to claw back up. So um, I think our only saving grace would be is if uh we continue to outplay West Ham and when we play Tottenham, we beat Tottenham. Yeah, because that'll bring us that'll bring us three points yeah. closer to them at least. So but when you play Spurs, you're going to be playing them at White Hart Lane. Yep. Um, and if you go by form, I I, <laughs> yeah. I can't see. I mean, Spurs have a really good defense as well. Yeah. Um, I can't see um, United scoring two or three goals and only keeping Spurs to one or yeah. two. Um, so yeah, a lot of hard work for for United. <laughs> Van Gaal keeps playing, um, I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce it, but it's um, 
Borthwick Jackson. Oh, yeah. Um, I find that strange. Yeah. It's not like he's proven himself that he needs to be in the, the first team. He obviously sees something in his style of play that makes him think, oh, he can play the way I want yeah. to play. Um, no idea yeah, what just, that is it's exactly. Because um, he brought um, Yanazai straight back in. Yeah. yeah. In. Um, uh, nearly scored too. Yeah. Um, one of the little flashes of hope that United it, have at the it moment. It just seems to me like... Um, he can't rely on any of the players. Yeah. So he's just trying out everyone. Mm. Now, you made a prediction last week about this week's match. Yes. Uh, this is what you said. You know what? I can see a Charlie Austin 87th minute winner. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you heard your first people. <laughs> Charlie Austin. Scored the winner yep. for um, Southampton in the 87th minute. <laughs> and when I checked these scores, I yeah, I had to look to see. Oh, I saw Southampton won one nil Because this game was on at, I think it was 2 in the morning. So I only watched the midnight game yep. that round. And then I saw Charlie Austin. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's what I said on the podcast. And then I saw 87th minute. <laughs> and then I felt back to what I said last week. And... I was telling everyone. I, I played the audio to my wife, who really didn't care. <laughs> uh, luckily, our friend, our friend Paul was still over at my house. He His head just blew up. He couldn't <laughs> believe it. Yeah. Uh, I just wish I knew what the Tats Lotto numbers were yeah. to make us rich. Yeah. More importantly, I wish I knew who to pick for my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was one prediction I got absolutely bang good, on. Good call. Very good call. Sunderland won. Bournemouth won. Um, one draw. Um, yeah, Phoebe scoring again. Bullet header. Yeah. Diving header from um, their new signing. Um, but yeah, they just couldn't hold out for the win. Patrick Van Arnholt, um getting a nice goal for um, Sunderland. And I think he's been, I think he's the defender with the most involvement in a goal this season. Yeah. I think he's that's his fifth now. Because he's had a few sort of ruled for own goals. He's had a few shots that have diverted in yeah. this season. Um, so at least he's sort of putting up a bit of a fight. Um, so, yeah, good. I, I suppose a, a point picked up for both, really. And more importantly for Bournemouth, they kept a relegation candidate away from catching up to them. Yeah. Um, and that's a big trip for them, too, because Bournemouth are on the south coast and Sunderland are right up the top. So it's a pretty big away result for them yeah uh, especially against a team that you know really trying to stay up with you know a lot of money at their disposal too but um Watford 2 Newcastle 1 another close match from what I could see another close match and Watford do the double now over Newcastle this season and Gallo loves playing Newcastle yeah. <laughs> I think he scored three goals and had an assist in all in both games against Newcastle this season yeah um, Igalo is one of the players that I put into my fantasy team. You didn't have him, huh? You didn't have him in your your team before oh, this week. No, no, really? Oh, no, no, yeah, I did have him. Oh. but I, he's a player that I put in yeah. just so that my uh, my trail didn't get any worse. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So at least I've got him, and yeah. if he scores, then you know the points uh, don't get any worse for me. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Well. A good result for, for Watford. Um, they had been struggling a bit of recent. 
Um, so that that was a good result for them. And yeah, we talked before. Andros Townsend sealed his move to Newcastle, so he'll probably slot straight into that that fullback spot. And um, yeah, John J. Shelby set up the goal for Newcastle, mm. so he's really hit the ground running. Yeah, he's doing quite well um, for them. They just they just need the the wins really. Um, West Brom nil, Aston Villa nil. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah. Um, West Ham 2, Man City 2. Um, West Ham are in some form at the moment. Yeah. Um, doubles from both Enna Valencia and Sergio Aguero. So um, exciting day. First 10 minutes when there was there was two goals. So yeah. um, pretty good game. And yeah, West Ham now only a point behind United for that fifth spot. Can feel them breathing. And coming with a bullet too. They're in... I think the last six weeks they've probably won four, drawn one, lost one. I, I reckon. So, yeah. Um, yeah, whatever they're doing down there at West Ham is working. And yeah. coincidentally, it sort of comes with the return of um, Dimitri Payet back into their their starting team since he's returned from injury, and he just yeah. makes so much of a difference when you got a playmaker, um, sort of setting everything up. Well, that shows that United's time has or or their luck's run out. Yeah. So. Something's got to happen, and now, yeah. Otherwise, we will drop past West Ham. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but credit to West Ham, you know, they're they're in form. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Everton one, Swansea two. Um. More woes for Everton. Yeah. Seriously, they just. Uh. Yeah. We talked about the boos at United after their game. The boos here at Everton were really loud because Everton have been absolutely shocking at home this season. They cough up that many goals. The Penalty for oh. <coughs> the um, what's his name Stones? Uh, was it? Oh no, no, um, uh, Howard. Yeah, sort of Howard. took out. But it was from like a, a Stones sloppy back pass. Yeah. At first, I thought, oh, that's a that's a controversial penalty. Um, but then on replay, Howard just kicked the crap out of yeah, his shins. Yeah, he just <laughs> just t- he was either like, if I'm not getting the ball, I'm taking the player. It yeah, it's just really stupid and um, like. The talk when Ch- like when Chelsea were really trying to get Stones during the preseason transfer window, Everton was saying no, he's a thirty-five million pound defender, which Chelsea sort of bolted at that price. Yeah, and we've seen in the last month he's he's given away he gave away the last minute penalty against um, Stoke when they ended up losing at home. Um, he should have given away a last minute penalty against Manchester City a couple. Like what was it last week or the week before? Yeah. Which luckily for him, the ref didn't pay, which was as clear a cut of a penalty. Um, then he ends up doing this in the game. Like in the last month alone, he's made sort of like three or four disastrous, like s- sort of really stupid decisions. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it sort of s- speaks volumes of Everton's defence at the moment. They like they can't keep a clean sheet. They. They can't close out games. They can't, couldn't even close a door at the moment, let alone close out a game. Yeah. Uh, they just doesn't matter if they're up by a few goals. They just let teams back in. Well, Andre, are you getting the penalty and scoring? Yeah, this just solidifies the reason why Swansea should keep him. Yeah, you well, would think exactly. That each sort of showed his importance and a, a good result too. Um, with their first win under the new manager, um, um, Itali- the Italian Guidolin. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so great, great start for, for him. And yeah, two wins in a row now for Swansea. And um, yeah, Seamus Coleman had almost two chances at the end of that game to, to win it. Like 
he sort of got um, got put through, had his shot saved right at the end, which led to like the last, you know, injury time corner kick. And then the balls fell to him and he was not even a metre away oh, from the yeah, goal line and he right. put it over the bar. Yeah. Um, so Martinez's face, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> utter disappointment. Yeah. Um, but Barry's goal was lucky to to get in. Yeah. Well, it ended up that almost being yeah. It, it, that ended up being um, counted as an own goal to I think it was Jack Cork yeah. in the end. So yeah, Gareth Barry's not that skillful to get a backfield goal <laughs> no. uh, from there. But uh, and yeah, finishing up uh, the London derby, Arsenal Chelsea death taxes. And Arsenal losing to Chelsea. I love it. Um, 21% of Chelsea's points this season have come against Arsenal. Yeah. Arsenal are at the top of the table. Chelsea are having their worst season in years. Yeah. Yet Arsenal still cannot get a single point of Chelsea. Yeah. And I think now it's, what is it, uh, six six games, I think, now where they haven't scored against Chelsea and they haven't won in the last nine. Yeah. So I think the last time they scored against Chelsea was in 2013. Yeah. So it just says a lot of that mindset. And, yeah, that game was really highlighted by the Per Matisaka red card in yeah. that first half, which we can argue whether or not he made contact. But well, what you can't argue is that it was a stupid slight tackle. Oh, mate. definitely, 100%. Um, yeah. I agree that it was a stupid tackle. Yeah. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure he did get some contact. Otherwise, uh, Diego Costa wouldn't have gone down. It, it's hard to tell, but I think like Diego Costa in that instant is smart because he sees the tackle come across him and he leaves his back foot trailing. Yeah, yeah. So he gets the contact. Yeah. And you can, you can, you know, Arsenal fans were arguing, oh, Costa left his leg in, but Per Matasaka went to take his leg. He wasn't yeah. anywhere near the ball. Yeah. He was the last man back. I, I think that... Um... Diego Costa would have gotten away from Mertesacker. Yes. Yeah. He was going down no matter what. He was doing that slide tackle. Oh, Mertesacker had, like, committed to making that yeah. slide tackle. And what yeah. I didn't notice on the first wash is that just before he makes it, he look he's looking at the linesman. So he's got his Who's eye he? off the ball. Costa or... Um, no, no, um, Per Mertesacker. Yeah. So he's probably checking as he's, like, casing after Costa... Looking at the linesman going, holy crap, I hope he's offside. No, he's not. Yeah. And then makes a tackle. So he's got his eye off the ball. Yeah. So he's gone to ground really not looking at the ball, yeah. which is dangerous for a yeah. start. That and he just doesn't have the pace yeah. anymore to, to catch someone like that. And by the by the replay, when he did the slide tackle, he wasn't even in line with Diego Costa. Yeah. He slide tackled he from, was from behind, behind, essentially. Yeah, um, but then again, you know, Diego Costa didn't need to roll over about fifteen times. Oh no, he, he, <laughs> just, he, he just made sure that the rest yeah. were it. Um, yeah. You know, it, you know, Diego Costa loves getting asked to play centre. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's he's probably second favourite thing behind scoring goals. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, then you know, we saw Chelsea, you know, make the most of that numerical advantage with yeah Diego Costa scoring, which came from a good passage of play because. Um, I, the ball had been whipped in from the left-hand side and he'd sort of had the shot in, got cleared, went to the right-hand side. Um, the ball got whipped back in again and he was surrounded by, I think it was four Arsenal defenders and Peter yep. Cech and he was still the first one to the ball in that six-yard box. And yeah. he probably had not even a metre of clear space around yeah. him. So just good instincts in the box. He's definitely back into form. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, a, a massive goal. And yeah, they probably on another day they could have had a couple more goals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't to be. But um, yeah, we saw um, when Murdersaka got sent off, Wenger obviously had to change up his and get an a defender on, and he took off Giroud, which yeah, he was not happy. About Giroud that. was not happy about, no. and it was a strange one because Giroud has been in probably the best goal scoring form of his life. Um, he's fantastic with the ball at his at either feet. He's probably one of the best headers of the ball yeah. in the Premier League. And when you're a man down, you rely a lot on set pieces for goals. Yeah. Um, so you, you hope for free kicks and you get the ball in and you try and take something from that. You then take off almost your best key attacking offset. Yeah. It's, it just it didn't make sense, especially when he left Theo Walcott and Joel Campbell on the pitch. Like yeah. They're like for like. You could have almost sacrificed... You know, okay, sacrifice Joel Campbell. At least you've still got the pace of Theo Walcott. Yeah. And then you've got the big man next to him of Giroud. So it just seems strange that it was almost like Wenger was determined to play like his passing game still. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was a bit silly, but... It's still not as strange as Louis van Gaal taking off Fellaini, <laughs> even though Fellaini scored. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you yeah. need to play long ball football. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was... Uh... Yeah, Giroud was just. Yeah, I, I, I. As soon as um, it focused on Giroud's face. Yeah, he was just like, "Are you serious?" Yeah, I, I saw his beard react. Yeah, that's how mad he was. <laughs> I think one of his hairs like like got out of his perfect part, like it just yeah. dropped down like probably millimeters. So it shows how upset he was. Yeah, <laughs> and there was still time for him to go have a shower, come back in a suit, and watch the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah. So and like they they showed uh, there was a. A cracking image of him sitting next to Per Metasaka, both in their suits, yeah. and like, like Giroud is just slumped in the chair <laughs> with his arm. You would crossed. have thought that Giroud got the red card. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, um, Cesc Fabregas playing the game that he, the best game he's had all season, and um, funnily enough, against his former team too, who booed him every time he got the ball. Yeah. And um, great footage of him at the end of the game when he was walking off. A lot of the Arsenal fans were getting stuck into him, and um, he was just tapping the Chelsea <laughs> chest as he walked yeah. off. So that that was great. And um, he spoke in the post match um, interview with John Terry, and you know the um, interviewer asked him, you know, what's the difference now in your game? Like you've improved a lot, and he just said um, he he couldn't really explain why he wasn't playing well at the start mm. of the season, but he says now. He's reading the play a lot better and yeah. he feels like he can do what his brain's sort of like. He can almost like read the play, but his body wasn't able to do yeah. what he would usually be able to do. Yeah. But well, I, I think that most this could apply to most of the Chelsea players is the fact that they don't have a brick wall with Jose written in their heads. Yeah. So they're all they've thinking got, a lot freer now. I think they've got a bit more of a license to... Yeah. Sort of play with it with a bit of flair because and... it's no coincidence that as soon as Jose goes, they start picking up form. Well, I mean, we we talked like about. I'm not blaming Jose, but no, no, do you know what I mean. It's pretty coincidental. Sort of that that weight off their shoulders. Yeah. Um, they know they're not going to get you know lambasted if they do something wrong. Yeah. But like we talked about in the podcast after Jose left, like that first game, Oscar was doing the amount. Like I've never seen anyone make more back heel passes and flicks in my life. Yeah. Than Oscar in that first game, but um. Anyway, 
Yeah, Chelsea now undefeated under Gus Hiddink, and they're up to 13th now. So, whoa, getting nosebleeds there. <laughs> We're rising up the table. You, and, you'll um, probably surpass United. <laughs> I, I think that Chelsea's only nine points actually behind fifth spot at the moment. So, it just shows that, you know, get a bit of a roll. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, I think next they play Watford. So, that'll be a big game. Yeah. Um, Watford as well, just sort of getting into some form. Now, looking ahead to the latest games coming up next week, they are midweek games, but they don't feel like they're extra games because no. it's the FA Cup this weekend. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're all uh, pretty early games. If yeah. you're kind of well, when I say be... when I say early, I mean early morning, <laughs> not you know nine PM at night. <laughs> well, they're, they're all um, they're all nighter games. What I, what I find really weird though is I'm having a look at the fixtures here on the well. Wednesday morning our time, so Tuesday night UK time, and most of the fixtures start at um, six forty-five AM Australian time, and then a few of them start at seven. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which I always think is weird. It's like if you're gonna all play at the similar time, just play all at the same time. Yeah, I don't have a few that start fifteen minutes later. I, I don't know. I just I find that a bit bizarre, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, anyway, looking ahead, West Ham, Aston Villa, Clarendon Blue Derby. Oh, jeez, I would, I would put my unborn children on West Ham winning <laughs> this game and quite easily. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Yeah, um, Arsenal, Southampton. I think Arsenal have the edge. You think Arsenal yeah. have the edge? Oh. They're out. They're out for um, revenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll go draw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Norwich, Tottenham. You would think Tottenham, but Norwich have come off a pretty good match. Yeah. Oh, look, I think Spurs win yeah. this, this one. Um, Sunderland, Manchester City. It's never really easy for Manchester City against Sunderland. Mm. Um, Sunderland's packed with a lot of um, players that have come from Manchester City's past. Yeah. Well, uh, City... It's like a Manchester City retirement village. <laughs> <laughs> well, City are, are sitting second. Yeah. But we've seen that all it takes is for a little bit of form yeah. and you're a good contender for them. Mm. So, you know, perhaps Sunderland can, you know, find some form and uh, give them a good match. Well, I, I think um, I think City win this because they can create a lot of opportunities. Yeah. And, and Sunderland can be their own worst enemy sometimes in defence. So yeah. uh, I can't really see them shutting out a Manchester City side of Aguero and David Silva. <laughs> yeah. Well, would De Bruyne be missed though now? Yeah, absolutely. But um, you know, they they do have cover. They've got you know Hazel Navas. They've got Sterling. So it's not like they're they're um, desperate for, for players. But it yeah. it is a big loss. But um, well, for the seven a.m. game, well, the first seven a.m. game. Uh, oh fuck you! I missed the. <laughs> I was looking at Leicester, but then looking at the time. ah, uh, and the game that caps off the uh, six forty-five a.m. games in. Australia, Leicester City v Liverpool at King Power. The King Power. I, will... I was going to say King Power Station. I don't know why. King Power Station. <laughs> um, <On the> board? <laughs> I'm going with Leicester. Go with form. I, I tend to agree with you there. Yeah. Um, West Brom set Swansea. Can Swansea make a three in a row? I, I think they can. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on if they've still got. Are you? <laughs> oh, yes. This will be interesting, actually. These fixtures all come after the transfer window. Yeah. Um, I, might, I might go a 1-1 draw. Okay. 
Um, Palace Bournemouth. Bournemouth. I think I'll go a draw with that one. Yep. Uh, Man United Stoke. I reckon United will lose 1-0. Right <laughs> um, Isn't that bad? It's yeah. my team and I'm telling us that they're going to lose. I think that'll be a nil or draw. Um, <laughs> Everton, Newcastle. This could be goals galore. Yeah. And yeah, still expect Newcastle. I think Newcastle win this only because Everton are rubbish at home. Yeah. Um, Watford, Chelsea. That rounds out. This the... would be a tough match. This is a tough game. Maybe a draw? Yeah. I reckon maybe a 2-2 draw. Well, you're going Desmond. Desmond 2-2. Desmond 2-2, yeah. All right. My my Nostradamus um, tip this week, um, I will go with Eden Hazard winner in the 83rd minute for Chelsea. What's your, what's your score prediction? 2-1. 2-1. To Chelsea. Okay. Yep. Eden right. Hazard... 83rd minute. It is recorded. It is so... recorded again. <laughs> Can lightning strike twice? <laughs> um, but then, uh, because we've got straight away... Uh, oh, yeah. You know, our usual weekend games. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll probably miss the podcast after that. We probably so... will. We won't have enough time in, yeah. in between. Um, but that's all right. I don't mind uh, having football after football. Yeah, true. As long as, <laughs> as long as your team wins. When they start to lose a few in yeah. a row, it gets... Gets a dip, uh, bit depressing, but um, anyway, just breezing through those ones. Um, we got Manchester City, Leicester, Tottenham, Watford, Newcastle, West Brom, Liverpool, Sunderland, Villa, Norwich, Stoke play Everton, Swansea, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, Arsenal, and then rounding off with Chelsea, Man United. Oh, that's snuck up, Dave. Might have to have a little side bet, maybe. Yeah. For this game. Also, well, do I take the bet? Because we're not playing very well. <laughs> and uh, Southampton, West Ham. So, a bit hard to tip when there's still another round to, to go. So, yeah. Um, anyway. I, I'm going to make one prediction, and that is match of the week will be, uh, I'm talking the following week. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham, Watford. It could be. Yeah. Or Man City, Leicester. That could let's be good. Let's let's see who wins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that, that's that's those. So um... sweet. That's the show for this week. Uh, if you guys want to get in contact with us, you can contact uh, the Twitter page, which is at sidenet underscore pod, or you can go to uh, sidenettingpod.com and you've got. Everything there, dishwashers, dryers. <laughs> White goods. Uh, anything you can think of. Uh, and you can contact us through the contact page on there. If you want to follow uh, Pete on Twitter. Yes, it is at Trolley Lamb. Uh, and if you want to contact him just to get the lotto numbers, you yeah. could probably do that. Um, yeah, hopefully I have a few more predictions that come true. <laughs> and don't forget the Facebook page. Just search for Side Netting Podcast. Yeah, do it, do it. And we'll see you in a week and a half. Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.